0: Go ahead. You can. You can. You can start me again. Sorry.
1: Okay. Perfect. So, just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you grew up, and your yeah, high school absolutely. career, things
0: like that. Okay. So my name is Glory Gong. Um, I grew up in New Hampshire. My high school career. I was thinking about that question, and I was remembering at some point during high school, overhearing an adult say something like, "I would just die if I were a high schooler again. I would hate. I, you know, I hated. Like it would be torture to go back or something like that." And I remember being like what why I love being a high schooler I, and I just felt and so it's funny now that I could look back I can see why it's such a hard time for some people like there's so many ways in which you're growing and people aren't like all the way to them all the way to themselves yet and so it can be it can both be hard to like figure out who you are and then like your peers haven't figured out all the way either but I remember just feeling like I was so alive. Like I just felt like my brain was on fire all the time. Like you were being introduced to all of these new ideas that were so exciting and you were learning how to do sports and you were learning how to like do all these like social things, you know, how to make friendships were gonna last for the rest of your life. And I just remember it was a time when I felt like sometimes really good and sometimes really bad, but just really, really alive. So I don't know if that was your question about my high school career. I mean I I really liked studying. So I also think like I went to like a very academically focused high school and I loved that like I feel like I found a lot of friends and people who just like really cared about the world and about ideas and like taking study really seriously so that was a really great environment for me where I felt like I got to just be with other people who were really excited about that kind of stuff
2: you went to high school in New Hampshire right Mm -hmm. okay and you grew up there your whole life until
0: well I would kind of grew up all over I was born in California and then I lived in New Jersey and Kentucky and then um, for a long time in New Hampshire. That's where I was when I went to high school.
2: Oh, that was so beautiful. I love that place so much. That's awesome. Thank you. And we're just going to ask, like, what were you kind of like in high You said you were alive and stuff. Were you more like shy and outgo- or outgoing or like really dedicated to school? Or did you kind of learn that later on in life? Or were you always pretty much super educational? Like,
0: focused- yeah, right? a good question. I mean, I did varsity sports or a varsity sport. I I feel like I like spent a lot of time with my friends and that kind of stuff, but I did really love learning. So I think, I'm, and I don't, it didn't feel like something I was forced to do. I think I just grew up in a home where like we talked about ideas all the time and like we read a lot and that kind of stuff. So I, and going to a school where that was also kind of what you were doing all the time, you were like reading and talking felt really comfortable for me. So I do think a lot of what I was doing was was learning, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: so where did you go to college and like what was it like what did you major in what was your college experience like
0: so I went to BYU and I majored in documentary film and Chinese which is probably a really unusual combination I know Emma did you know that actually I don't think know that about me at all but um yeah it was funny I I actually ended up picking my majors in these funny ways where I was really interested in learning Chinese because that was part of my family heritage, but it wasn't something like we don't speak Chinese as a family more. So I just started taking classes and I got just really um, excited by not only the, like the language itself, but what would, what it means to be able to go and live in China. And I did study abroad and it was just like, it opened up this door to this, this amazing world of the politics and the environment and the like changes happening in China. So I ended up majoring in Chinese because I felt like it gave me a way to be involved with this country that I was discovering that was so amazing. And then a documentary film, what actually happened is I just found a couple of professors who were so interesting. Like their ideas were so fascinating and their classes were so interesting. So I just kept taking classes and kept taking classes from them. And then I ended up getting a major and I specifically was really interested in these ideas about how to use filmmaking to tell stories from people that you don't usually hear from and so that was something that i was like really passionate about was how can you use filmmaking as a way to give people insight into like all of these parts of the world or parts of other people's lives that you don't usually get to see
2: that's so cool and then later on did you
0: and your husband move to china do something in china what was that helpful yeah. yeah so then after college I moved overseas with my husband and we both worked overseas for a while. So we lived in Jordan for a while and I did documentary filmmaking about Iraqi refugees. So people who had fled from Iraq and were living in Jordan as refugees. And then we went and lived in China for several years and I worked on kind of legal reform. And then also in this really rural area of China living out in the mountains in these like little tiny villages trying to work on economic development where um the villages were um basically just like babies like little kids and then like grandparents were taking care of them sorry grandparents were taking care of them and all of the like young or middle-aged people were going to work in the factories um to the textile factories to like make clothes and so these villages were just losing like all of their um like all the people but then also all the cultural knowledge was being left as the older generation passed away because like the younger people weren't there to learn it and so I was working with this anthropologist who was trying to help preserve a lot of that knowledge like about the old songs the old art like in handicrafts they did this amazing embroidery anyway so we were doing a bunch of work about both trying to help preserve some of that knowledge and then also try to help think of ways to support local industry that would allow more people to stay um, in their villages and and Um, kind of become a way of preserving some of that culture and that knowledge
2: that's so interesting that's
1: amazing
0: so such a cool
1: experience would you say that what you studied in college like your documentary filmmaking background really helped you excel in that area with the documentary and everything
0: you know that's such a good question Olivia. it's so funny I have always told people that if I'd had a better plan, I wouldn't really have majored in that. And then it was just something where I was kind of like following my interests. So I've, I've never actually thought about this, way. yeah, like it completely helped. Like it was it was all about interviewing people and being able to listen to them and try like understand how what they were telling you fit into this bigger pattern that was going on. So I do think it, I actually do think it was really connected. I've actually never thought about that.
2: That's awesome. So, so after college, after you went to BYU, then you went, so good you you went to China with your husband obviously but didn't you end up going to law school and like what where'd you go
0: and all that yep so my second the second the first set of things I did in China were around that work around working out in the rural villages and then I went and lived in Beijing and worked on legal reform and that is what made me really interested about in going to law school um I just I when I went work that we were doing in China was about like reforming the judiciary reforming the criminal justice system and it was so interesting and I also for the first time kind of realized what it meant to have rule of law I I think I had just kind of thought before like oh there's all these laws and then people follow them like they kind of like force people to do things and I realized when I was there that like the only way we can work together as human beings is if people actually internalize laws and norms and agree to keep them themselves like if you think about I don't know, like when we drive on the roads, like it's not because someone's enforcing the traffic laws all the time. It's because every person has understood, you know, like I'll drive on the right side um, and like, I won't drive my car into other people. I'll stop at a stoplight. And when we all internalize those things, you can do these really complex, uh, like incredibly complex and effective systems. And so I really felt like, I just was like, wow, how is it that human beings have been able to build these systems that can govern how we work and that can make a whole society or a whole country prosperous or fair or meritocratic or not. Um, anyway, so yeah, I really wanted to study that and also like very specifically learn about how to do criminal justice reform and legal reform. So I went to Yale Law School and um, studied there and was became really interested in kind of how those questions were playing out in the United States. And so went from Yale Law School to Harvard where I work now and help run an organization that works with state and local governments on problems like criminal justice reform and homelessness and child welfare and supports state and local governments like governors and their agency heads and mayors and their teams on trying to help figure out how can we improve the programs that are supposed to be helping solve some of those problems.
2: That's awesome.
0: So cool, yes. oh my gosh. That's like an amazing story, how it all just like all those different things all just came together. All but, you know, it's so funny. I'm sure you're finding this when you interview people, but like once you're through it, then when you look back, it looks like a story. But like when, do you mean like when you're actually in, it, it kind of feels like you're going this way for a little while and then you, you, know, you do this and it feels like disconnected. So it always looks like a story afterwards, but when you're in it, I don't know. I think people get stressed sometimes because they feel like, oh, I can't, I don't see like a really linear path. Mm -hmm. from here to there I feel like people shouldn't worry about that because when you're in it it never feels like that it never feels like you're like oh yes this will all make sense in 10 years I'll look back and it will just be (laughs) like it will hang together you're always kind of just being like what's my next opportunity and like what am I interested in right now
1: yeah that's that's awesome um so obviously law school is super challenging let alone Yale law school so what do you what did, what was the most challenging part of law school for you
0: the most challenging law school part of law school by far was that I had a six month old baby and then when I started and then during my two L year, during our break for our one week like our one month break for finals, I had our second kids. So they were two years apart. Mm-hmm. So definitely by far the hardest part of law school for me was actually just being like a new mom and learning how to take care of like little babies that needed, you know, like to like their parents around that time and like be held and they're trying to learn how to sleep and stuff like that so in some ways I actually think it really helped me at law school because law school is really intense and you also put so much pressure on yourself like I feel like that's where most of the intensity comes from at least for me and it really helped me to have this whole other thing going on where I was like well actually at the end of the day this is what's really important because it made it so I could be like this is how much I'm going to study this is where I'm going to try to get to and then I'm just going to put it down and do this other thing and I think it helped me kind of set boundaries, and be really, really, really prioritized with my time. So I'm actually really grateful I went to law school as a parent, because it made my time feel so precious. And then I just spent it on the things I thought were really important. And then I just didn't do the the stuff that I was like, nope, it doesn't, like not important enough. And so it made, I think, in some ways, my time less stressful, because I had this other really important thing I was trying to do of learning to like be a mom and take care of a family. And so I just didn't do a lot of the stuff that I think could have stressed me out or created extra pressure for me. Cause I was just like, I can only do the stuff that I feel like is the most important. And then the other stuff I'm just not gonna do. Yeah.
2: No, I'm sure that's, I didn't know that you had, you're just barely having kids and you did law that's school. Amazing. That's impressive. That is amazing. So you said that like, that's the hardest part about law school, but after that, you went to, uh, so right after law school, did you start working at Harvard? Working at Harvard? And what would you say is like the best parts about your job right now and some of the hardest parts would you say?
0: That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I think the hardest part about my job is the problems that we're trying to work on. I have just an amazing team of people. Like it's, my colleagues are so incredible. And I'm so inspired by them and they're like easy to work with. They're just super smart and super motivated and it's just easy. It's just easy to go to work with them. But the problems that we're working on are really hard. Like homelessness is a really hard problem. Criminal justice is a really hard problem. And they're problems that are way too big for any organization to actually fix by itself. Even if it's an organization of like really smart, nice, motivated people. And so that can be really discouraging like when that you're trying to take on a problem that's just like way bigger than you actually have an ability to solve um so I think that's the hardest part is like it's just tough like people's lives are so hard the things that some people are going through are so um sad and and challenging I think it can feel discouraging also like how deep-rooted the problems are but yeah, Emma did you ask about like what's the best part because I will say like the yeah. flip side of it is it means I have to think all the time about being part of like a much bigger team like both that I'm on this big team at my organization but then also that our organization is part of this bigger team of other organizations and people who are all working on these problems together and that can feel really exciting because there are like really exciting pieces of progress that you can make when you work together and so the challenging part is just how just how sad and tough some of these problems are but I think the best part of it is feeling like if you can be really um uh like uh, deliberate about how you partner with other people and position yourself on the kinds of things you work on you really can make exciting progress on some of these hard problems
2: yeah that's so cool you guys all work together yeah it's different
1: so just um, out of curiosity, your organization, you work to solve problems like criminal justice reform, homelessness. Is that mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, so
0: the way we work specifically is like a governor or a mayor or one of their deputy or agency heads will call us and they'll say something like, we're, we're really trying to help figure out how to get more families in our state substance use support because the child welfare system has seen a lot of families come in where Opioids or other drugs are a big part of the reason that kids are having to get removed from their families. And so we'd rather get them, you know, preventative services early so that kids don't have to be taken out of their families. Or um, they'll call and say, you know, like, we're really committed to trying to make it so that people aren't locked up in jail just because they're poor. There are a lot of places where, If you can pay, you can like leave jail and wait to go trial. But if you're poor, then you have to stay. And then you often lose your job or, you know, there's no one to take care of your kids. And so they're saying like, we're trying to change that system. So they'll call and like, say like, this is one of the types of problems that we're working on. And then we'll hire a group of people who goes out and works in that government, like in that state to help them try to create a specific project that will help them make progress on it and then get that project done.
2: Wow. Wow that's amazing it's so cool just yeah. like I've never even heard it from like a firsthand point of view what that kind of would be like but that is so cool you went yeah. to a lot or you went to Yale now you're at Harvard that's like that's so cool do you think, so you think like what motivated you to want to be able to do all of that like how did you and do you love being a working mom and all
0: that is it you love that so cool I do love I do love being a working mom I I mean I also like like I won't sugarcoat it, like I miss my kids when I'm not with them, like they're the people I love the most in the world, so when I can't be with them, I like miss them a lot, and that's Mm -hmm. sad, but there was one of my professors at Yale Law School, I remember, who talked about, um, she worked a lot on kind of child welfare issues, and she talked about when she started working, you know, she said that she would ask herself, like my time with my kids is one of my most precious things, and so the thing that I'm doing has to be like has to deserve the sacrifice that I'm making for it and so she said it helped her pick to only work on things that she felt like were really meaningful and I think being a working mom's done the same thing for me like it's gone from me being like oh well like I I guess I just have to have a job or something like that to being like I would like I really want to be with my kids and so if I'm going to do something else it has to be something that deserves the sacrifice Mm -hmm. of me not spending time with them and so I I try to just pick working on things where I'm like this really matters it really matters that there are people in the world who don't like don't have housing stability or aren't safe you know or or in jail and and need to have more freedom and that so I think it's helped me really focus on the kind of work that I really want to do um yeah so I do like being a working mom and I, I think Emma you also asked me what motivates me so I don't know there's this if you know there's a scripture in the old testament that says is not this the fast that I've chosen to loose the bands of wickedness and undo the heavy burdens and let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke and that vision really I think motivates me this idea that we have this really important moral obligation to find ways to lift heavy burdens off of other people
2: that's amazing Love that. yeah that's beautiful mm-hmm. so you just like talk about everything bad Do you wanna... yeah um, so
1: what advice would you have for girls who are in high school and what are some ways you think they can like harness their talents to become ses- successful and things like that?
0: That's a good question. I mean, probably my advice is like, you're probably doing fine. Like, don't worry too much, but like, if they really need advice, I mean, I guess I I would say is I wish something that someone had said to me, or I probably someone did say this to me, but I just wish something I'd heard more clearly when I was in high school is that the best way to learn something is to try it. And there's so many things that can stand in the way of trying something. You can be worried about making mistakes. You can feel like you have to do something else to get qualified first. Like you can tell yourself like, oh, I can't try until I get some other qualification. You can be kind of worried about feeling shame for some reason. And there are all these things I think let us stop ourselves from trying things. And that really is just stopping us from learning. So I, I wish when I was in high school, I would have, heard more clearly this message of, like just try like don't be worried about messing up messing up the only way that you can learn something you should actually be hungry to have as many mistakes as early as you can because that's how you'll learn about yourself and about how other people and to not be like so careful and worried about being perfect or getting things right to just be like s- starving for experiences even if they're ones where like you didn't get it right
2: that's so true because yeah. I always get scared I'm like I gotta wait to do this or that to try something hard or scary but no, like, you just need to do it right off the bat because that's how you're going to learn the most. Well, you're so accomplished, and that's, like, so inspiring how you've done so, ama- so many amazing things with your life. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you so much for talking to us and letting us interview you.
0: Yeah, of course. Send me your thing.
2: I'll follow you on Instagram yeah. if look on your project.